I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode of the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, where we look at practical application of management ideas to help managers get better at what they do. Dirk, today we want to get super practical, so to speak, and deal with a topic that comes comes up often in discussion with managers and can actually be a source of frustration. And that's the question of whether two bosses are really better than one. So Dirk, everyone in business has a boss. Even CEOs have a boss. This could be the board of directors, or as entrepreneurs in particular like to say, it is the customer. But my understanding would have been that most people in business have one boss. Why would there be two? Yeah, Christian, that's a really great question. And you'd be surprised how often it comes up. There are, in fact, uh, more people than you think that have two or more bosses. And some surveys say that it's even more than 70%, even though uh, I think that number is high. And it probably includes people who are involved in one more team effort uh, at a time. But but a place where, where t- the two boss phenomenon, so to speak, is very pronounced are large national or international organizations. Very interesting, Dirk. Why is that? Yeah, in an international or even global organization, you always have two principal perspectives. One is the global or the headquarters perspective, and the other one is the local or regional perspective. And there often is tension between the two. Uh, Right, I can see that. But uh, could you please give us an example? Sure. <laughs> let's make it let's make it practical. So, for example, I drive uh, a German car and I really like it for its performance, performance, handling, comfort and so on. But but I've been living in North America for a long time. And here, uh, many people like to get their uh, morning coffee at a drive through and then they put that coffee into uh, the cup holder um, when they sit in the car. Now, the Germans think that the drive through is a very American thing. Of, of course, we have them here in Canada as well. And, and I guess in Germany, there are now more of them also. Uh, but, but they would traditionally think that if you want a coffee, you should uh, pull over, get your coffee, enjoy it while sitting in the coffee shop, and then get back on the road. And, and also, if you're going you know, 200 kilometers on the Autobahn, you really should keep your eyes on, uh, on the road. And, and so they make cars or have made cars that, that don't have uh, a cup holders. Now, the locals here are selling the cars in North America. They know you cannot uh, sell a car, no matter how good it is, uh, unless it does have a, a, a cup holder. So, so, so at the time, the, the car company came up with these pop-out cup holders and that kind of blend into the dashboard and that pop out when you push a button and because they really didn't want that that visual destruction of the of the cup holder otherwise but the problem with these pop out cup holders 
was that they were, were rather shallow and the, the cup would kind of fly through the car when you take a sharp uh, turn. And on top of it, uh, the car cups that they sold at the car dealership with a very nice company uh, logo on it, they didn't fit into these pop-out uh, cup holders. Now, now, you would think that this is really a first world problem and it, it absolutely is. Uh, but but if you buy or people buy a premium automobile, they just don't want that type of annoyance. Wow, Derek, that is fascinating. The the secret world of culture conflict when it comes to cup holders. But uh, that is amazing to hear. But thinking about our principle now, it sounds like they designed that car to one global standard. And that standard just didn't work the same in every local market, ours included here. Yeah, and that that's exactly that's exactly the issue. Gotcha. Okay, so far so good. But uh, from this conversation, where did the two bosses come in? Yeah, and, and so company buys and large. Of course, they understand this problem that I just uh, that I just described. And uh, by the way, by uh, the the latest model that they have now, and have have that 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 car, they now do have a proper North American uh, cup holder. So to just oh, set that record, record straight, so so we've solved yeah. the problem. Um, and 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 so, but what they do is they make an effort to have both perspectives represented in the organization structure. So so for example, that company would have a local president and and CEO who is aware of and represents the local uh, perspective and he or she is also close to to the customer in in their uh, in their market. Now, if you have a, a global company, though, that doesn't just have a local sales subsidiary, but they also have local engineering or manufacturing and, and so on, you could have an engineering manager who either uh, reports to to the local uh, president of the local company or that person reports to the global engineering vice president at head office okay dirk that makes a lot of sense so in that situation they would have to decide which is the better setup for them more global standards or more local adapt adaptation and having a local team that knows the market yeah, uh, exactly. And but sometimes they just can't decide or they don't want to decide. And so they say that we want both. They say that we want to be global and local. Oh, OK, well, that sounds pretty good to me. The best of both worlds. And that ha uh, happens often in business, global and local, short term and long term, making money and doing something good for society. I, it seems like businesses like having the both end. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's exactly it. And and so so what they then do is they tell that local engineering manager that this person has two bosses, and one boss is the president of the local business, and the other boss is the global vice president in the function. And that could be engineering, but it could also be marketing, finance, and so on. Yeah, and right as he said that, Dirk, I think I begin to detect the problem here that these two bosses aren't always on the same page. One, I, in using your example, I guess, one wants cup holders, so to speak, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, and and, and Christian, that's that's exactly that's exactly where the the, the problem uh, uh, comes in. Two bosses are attempting solution to the so-called, and you called it that also, the quote-unquote and. Uh, problem where we want two things that live in tension with each other, uh, but but people underestimate the, the the problem. It 
it, it creates. So just think for uh, a moment about that poor engineering manager who's told by his or her local boss to design a retrofit cup holder uh, and by the global engineering VP to leave the cup holder out so that we have one standard uh, dashboard uh, that we can use in our vehicles uh, around, around the world. Now, you would probably think, hey, th that's for the local CEO and the global engineering vice president to discuss, but, but they often do. Uh, you'd be surprised, they give instructions and then let the, the, the matrix manager leave it to them to figure it out. Wow, so that would create a serious problem of clarity. Who's really in charge in this situation? Yeah, and, and, and that clarity is super important. And in fact, I think clarity is one of the most important things in business, it starts with clarity of purpose. Uh, what are we here to do? What are we trying to uh, accomplish? Then comes the clarity of, of strategy. Uh, what are the priorities? What is the action plan? Then comes the clarity of organization. Who is in charge? Who gives direction? We, we live in a very complex world with so many perspectives, tensions, and contradictions. And so we have to work hard at creating and maintaining clarity. And, and I believe that having clear reporting lines helps us cl add clarity. And we miss that opportunity if we add more bosses. And again, in my experience, I've seen this, I've seen this quite often. Right, Dirk. So it sounds like you're not a big fan of the matrix, but the tension still exists. How should it be managed? Yeah, uh, yes, 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 you're right. There is uh, a, a tension. Global standards are needed as they make the company more efficient. Um, they're also needed to follow the rules of the business. Think like, you know, financial reporting standards and and so on. And we we also know that that uh, customers are what keeps the business uh, alive, and uh, so we need to realize that that customers around uh, the world are are different, not not just in their preferences, but also in their core needs and and tensions, and and so and so that 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 uh, their core needs and requirements. Sorry, and so so that the tension I, I think is is real, but but again, I don't I don't think that it is a reason to throw out out clarity. If we don't have clarity, we have confusion. And confusion doesn't help solve the problem, even if it is a real problem. Right, Dirk. And the theme of this podcast is getting practical. So my question is, what do we do then? Yeah, so so just as always, uh, context and situations uh, drive, drive solutions. And so much depends on the organization, the maturity of their management and, and other, other contexts. So first I would ask, do we really need uh, the full matrix, or can we decide that there is a primary boss, so to speak, and the other person has input, they provide expert guidance, they set standards, or they even have a veto on, on certain things, but it is clear to everyone who the real boss uh, real boss is. So uh, the other one would be more um, of, of a resource uh, than, than a boss, so, so, so to speak. And I think the question has always to be asked because we know that we're sacrificing clarity. So, so the benefits, if we want to go to a pure matrix, so to speak, must be overwhelming. And so we must really decide that's what we want, knowing, knowing the drawbacks. And I would 
even add here that in some cultures around the world, the confusion is even greater, especially if a subsidiary is, is far away from head office and, and you, you have that different cultural context. And, and so that problem of, of lack of clarity will actually be, be, be amplified. Right, Dirk, I hear what you're saying. But what do we do if we really decide that a true matrix is the best thing? Yeah, and, and if we decide that, and again, in some instances, it absolutely may be, but, but then to me, the, the key issue here is that we must hold the matrix bosses accountable to make the matrix work. We must not put the person working in the matrix in a position where they have to decide which boss is the more important one and which they should follow first. And, and if someone is a matrix boss, I believe this has to be one of their performing uh, performance expectations, something like in their uh, uh, KPAs, so key performance areas, something like make the matrix organizations work and manage difference in perspective and matrix tension effectively. That should be spelled out as a performance expectations rather than just representing their uh, their area and and the matrix bosses and, and and their boss or bosses should regularly review whether that's happening whether we have a good and effective way to manage tension be again because we know it's there because that's why we have the matrix in in the first place and what we absolutely must not do is delegate this tension down to the person who is serving two masters Okay, that makes a lot of sense. We acknowledge the problem up front and we manage it explicitly and we evaluate how well we are doing. Yeah, Christian, absolutely. That, that's exactly it. Great. So, Dirk, just a couple more questions on this. I realize that it is hard to talk about this in the abstract. It always is. So I'm wondering whether you have ever worked in a matrix organization. So have you ever had more than one boss and how did that work out for you? Yes, so Christian, yes, yes, I have. And, and at one point when I was working as an executive in a publicly traded company, um, I had the founder CEO as one boss and the independent chairman of the board as the other boss. Oh, so what happened? Yeah. So, so there, there was that, uh, that tension that the, the founder CEO was very much the strong entrepreneur and the chairman of the board was a long time and very experienced public company um, CEO. And, you know, we talked about the clash of business cultures in, in the last episode of the, uh, of the podcast, uh, you know, how do you manage when, when business cultures uh, collide and, and that's definitely what 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 happened there but but thankfully in in my case the the the, the chairman again very experienced person uh, he understood that dynamic very well and and he acted more as a as a mentor and as a very experienced expert who really helped me understand the public company perspective and helped me work that effectively into my relationship with the entrepreneurial uh, CEO. So I was actually very grateful to have him there. And he uh, also made a huge difference in my uh, professional uh, development, but there were some instances where I did get conflicting uh, instructions. And now in the end, I, I think even that added value because I, I learned how to maneuver uh, between two uh, different powerful uh, people and still make things work uh, somehow. Uh, but, and I, I really have to emphasize this, it 
only worked in the end because one of the two bosses really understood the dynamic and was helping me manage it. Again, I was really grateful to, to have him there. Okay, so in your case, two bosses were really better than one. Is that a lesson we could draw here? Yeah, the 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 lesson I would I would draw here is if if you are a matrix boss, please be a good matrix boss. Right, that's a good lesson. And what's the lesson for the person in the matrix? Yeah, so so if we're in the matrix and we're managing that tension, and maybe we have less than perfect uh, matrix bosses who who don't always see eye to eye, we 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 really need to build our repertoire for of managing and influencing skills. The 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 matrix bosses, even the good matrix bosses, they don't want to be reminded of the problem every five minutes, and and so you do have to you do have to find ways to keep them both happy maybe you can uh, present some good options on on how we manage those conflicting goals so taking a little bit the initiative here would be would be just uh, one idea like what we discussed in our episode on brainstorming yeah exactly and and other time you you may have to other times you may have to ask for some clarity or even get those two bosses to talk to each other or or maybe you can ask your hr department to help with that as well see whether they have some coaching to you or they can help those metrics bosses but but the point really is you want to be constructive as far as you're concerned you really want to make it work dirk that is a good lesson to draw anything else yeah, so the matrix really is a response to an external reality. The world is more complex and we have to manage that uh, complexity. And so while we want clarity as much as possible, we, we want to be and must be flexible as well. So, so there may be task forces or projects group or any number of temporary works team to work teams you will join. And so you should. And, and in that instance, the task force leader is the boss, so to speak, at that moment. And, and that, in my opinion, actually makes perfect sense. And there is no contradiction to clarity here. So more broadly, uh, when you have the enviable position to have uh, one boss and the associated clarity, which, which is wonderful, you must be aware that you do not work in isolation, but yet you have to communicate, collaborate, and to coordinate with others who may have different responsibilities, priorities, and, and perspectives. Thanks, Dirk. That's an important reminder. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. So here are the takeaways from my notes. Firstly, Organizations have built in tension between global and local, between standards which bring efficiency and adaptations which cater to different customers, between functional management and line management. Secondly, organizations respond to these tensions by introducing matrix reporting, where the tension points are represented by different bosses. While this is understandable, it comes at the expense of organizational clarity. That clarity is more important than ever given the complexities of our modern world. So there's a bit of a paradox here. Thirdly, if organizations do opt for a matrix, the matrix bosses are responsible to make it work. This is part of their leadership performance and they must take it seriously. If the organization sticks with a clear line of single boss reporting, people must understand their responsibility as part of the whole and must be more aware of the bigger context of their job and may even have to seek input in that regard. Single line reporting does not mean isolation. 
Does that make sense, Dirk? Uh, it does, Christian. Well, well summarized. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dirk. And thank you, everyone, for listening and for joining us here on the Jamoir Leadership Podcast. We will be back in two weeks for another episode that will help you manage better. Take care. Bye.